Welcome to this episode of IG Talk with Robert Smallwood, where we feature interviews with IG leaders from around the globe, as well as discussions of IG news, events and best practices. Hi, today on IG Talk, we have Lee Isaacs, who is Director of Information Governance at BLA Piper, which is a global law firm. And Lee has been through the uh, IGP certification training uh, from ARMA, uh, the CIP from AIM, and SIGO training from the SIGO Association. Lee, welcome to the program. Thanks, Robert. Happy to be here. That's great. Hey, I just wanted to start out by introducing you to the uh, audience, to the listening audience. And uh, if you could just tell us sort of your path to information governance, how did you get started and, and how did that evolve um, throughout through your career? How did you end up there? Because I, I was at this privacy conference, IEPP conference in October, and one guy said, well, you know, how did you get into IG? And I never really thought about it as, you know, getting into it. But what was your path along the way? Yeah, you know, it's a question I always like uh, asking other people as well. Um, you know, I think while it's becoming, a, you know, a more of a, a actual, it is an actual discipline at this point, and people are making deliberate choices to uh, kind of pursue it as a career path, I ended up here by accident. So, I spent my I spent my entire career in law firms, um, starting in 1985, working in a variety of different roles. Um, ended up um, in support positions, was office administrator, doing just kind of the general admin uh, oversight for um, for a firm that's now no longer in existence, Heller Ehrman. And they ended up um, through a series of events. Um, they were actually opening up an experimental role um, for records, docketing, conflict, and new business. Um, and I really had no depth of knowledge in any one of those areas. Um, so it was an experiment for all of us. So that was probably the early 2000s, 2003. Um, so I took on that role really at the local level and immersed myself in it as much as I could. Um, learned from my peers. I got involved in ARMA and ILTA and the various organizations so that I could tap into the wealth of industry expertise and knowledge that's out there. Um, and from there, the uh, the role just grew. Uh, ultimately, at that firm, it expanded to firm-wide responsibilities. Um, once that firm um, went out of business, I ended up going to another firm, Oric Harrington and Sutcliffe. Um, and my career has just progressed from there. Um, started in records management, um, and then it was probably... Oh, I guess while I was at work around um, 2010, 2011, really kind of made the full shift to information governance. The firm saw the need for uh, to expand beyond records management to information governance. And uh, that is really when I made, I guess, the formal transition into IG. Mm -hmm. And you were on the original um, uh, advisory board, I think, for the IG initiative in 2014, too, weren't you? I was, I was. I was on the initial advisory board for that, and I and I think one of the things that's been kind of most pivotal in 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 some of my industry um, uh, involvement was the law firm information governance symposium that um, formed back in two thousand and twelve. Um, uh -huh. And I was fortunate enough to be one of the five uh, founding steering committee members. Uh -huh. And so that that group, as far as law firms is concerned, I think is really set the standards. I mean, one of the goals was to really establish some industry standards for what IG means in a law firm, um, kind of how it's defined, the various processes that it includes, 
um, and, and everything that, um, that else that goes with it. So, you know, since then we've developed a series of more topic specific um, reports for the industry and really anybody who's interest, uh, interested mm-hmm. and has really kind of followed and kept up with a lot of the evolving trends and, um, and needs of, of IG as the world changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of those reports. It's good information. Um, hey, I'm just wondering, you've worked for a few law firms and some uh, major global law firms. What do you see as uh, some of the differences in the approach to information governance at these different firms? Yeah, you know, that's that's a good question. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, I've often said that I, I've held um, the same title at a few different large firms now, but yet the role has been slightly different at each one. Um, and I think that's largely because each firm's priorities are different. And IG is tied so closely, I think, to firm culture, and each firm's culture is a little bit different. Um, the types of practice groups you support kind of influence where some of those priorities and, and focus go. Um, you know, I think that there are some firms that uh, really do embrace kind of the true, I think, essence of IG and understand that it is a discipline. Um, it is not a project. It is not necessarily a thing, but it is a it is it is a discipline that really needs to kind of permeate throughout the entire organization. That having it operate in a silo is not an effective way to make things happen, um, and and really kind of positions positions you to be much more effective in kind of uh, supporting the firm and its needs and and the firm's clients as well. Um, You know, I think others are in various states of maturity uh, in that, um, you know, I think that that there are some firms that are still, you know, working in in some silos. Um, And, you know, some of some of my peers, I I know that that uh, we collaborate with frequently are kind of still fighting to kind of knock down those walls. Now, that said, I think that even in the firms that I would say are kind of embracing this and doing it well, um, you know, there's still that uh, that fair amount of education and awareness. And um, a lot of the times, I think even with the with the attorneys, it's a, you know, information governance, what's information governance? So, you know, there's still that need to continue to do the marketing and the awareness um, and doing it in a way that it kind of resonates with uh, with people. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I've seen kind of the, the, the varying ends of the spectrum where, um, you know, things are very well coordinated. There's close collaboration with IT and the business units and general counsel. Um, there's very strong top-down sponsorship and transparency. And then, you know, there's others that are still kind of making their way there. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm wondering, in general, uh, what do law firms get wrong about information governance? What have you seen? Uh, maybe not at the firms you work at, but uh, just in general, what do you what do you think that law firms get wrong about it? Um, so the first thing that popped into my mind when you asked that question, and and this is not every firm, obviously, but I, I still think that it is a, it can be a challenge in the industry, is that firms can still equate information governance with records management. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, records management, I think, is an important part of information governance, but the two are not synonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's, that's a challenge that continues within in law firms. One of the other challenges, I think, is that 
you know, in law firms, we're very focused on risk. We have our custodial obligations uh, for proper client file management. Um, we have our ethical obligations that we need to consider and, you know, everything else under the sun that other organizations also need to consider. But one of the things that I think firms in general can do a better job at is not just focusing on the risk, but also focusing on the value. Um, so if you're doing information governance well, um, you reap the benefits of working more efficiently, being able to provide better uh, client service. Um, you know, your attorneys can find the things that they want uh, um, faster. Um, and there's a whole long list of things. So, you know, I, I think that that's still kind of an area of improvement that, you know, especially those of, you know, those in firms that are kind of in my seat um, really have an opportunity to, to make a difference in that regard. Mm -hmm. And what changes have you seen in the approach to information governance, just and particularly in the last two or three years with this mood for remote work? Are you still working remote? I am still working remote, yeah. All um, the time? Uh, yes, unless there's a need to, to be in an office, 100% uh, remote. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it has been, and not just for the firm that I work for, but I think for firms in general, it really has been a culture shift because I think that, there's always been, I think, the perception that you know you have to have people in seats and present in the office in order to be effective and be able to serve the clients well. I think many firms over the last couple of years have, have seen that not only can we be effective, but many firms have, have seen their most profitable years um, in the last two years. Huh. So, you know, I think that it's you know a current trend now in firms, my peers and I talk about this quite a bit, is, is what this new working environment looks like. Um, you know, offices are reopened, but firms are shedding real estate right and left. Uh, we're going uh -huh. to hoteling and hybrid working models, um, you know, which I think is, is the right thing to do for many reasons, but it, it does bring a lot of IG considerations along with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just uh, wondering when, uh, when you're not working, when you're not uh, doing law firm uh, things, what do you do to, to wind down or what makes you happy? Oh, well, I, I guess uh, quite a few things. Um, I, um, I love to cook. Um, mm, yeah. One of my, the first year of the pandemic, one of my, uh, one of my pet projects was that I published a cookbook. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so I. What kind of what kind of recipes? Any particular theme? You know, it's really a lot of them are like old family recipes. Um, a lot of it is just kind of the good comfort food. The southern uh, cook, southern cooking. Yeah, some southern cooking, some southern uh -huh. cooking. You know, things like the the family mac and cheese recipe, and um, you know, mom's favorite cheesecake, and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I like to experiment in the kitchen, so I'll take something and kind of tweak it or come up with something off the top of my head. And if it works, then it'll make it in the next edition of the cookbook. I've got the next volume uh, underway. Just uh, got to keep working on it a little bit. So, nice. yeah, so that's that's some of the fun stuff I do when I'm not Interesting. doing IG. Yeah, I started baking bread like everybody else during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was uh, it was kind of fun. I had some flops in the beginning and uh, I finally got it figured out. And it's it's really healthy when you're making your own bread. And you only have like four ingredients. It's much healthier than yeah, no syrup and sugar and stuff they put in, in the store. So that was kind of fun. Later, I was even putting in some seeds and stuff. And uh, it was kind of fun. But uh, then I just got tired of it. I mean, 
went on a vacation for a month and killed my starter. You know, the you have to have the starter for the yeast, and uh, and I haven't got back to it, but I, I do want to get back to it. It was, it was kind of fun. It takes like three days. It takes like three days if you do it right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, and when, you know, by saving since the pandemic, by saving, you know, three to four hours a day commuting, you know, you get up early in the morning and can play around in the kitchen a little bit, or you've got the time in the evening. So it, it freed up a lot of the time that I didn't previously have to actually do some of those things that I enjoy doing. Yeah. What What's your commute normally then? An hour, hour and a half each way? Yeah, typically um, it could be a commute from Maryland to D.C. Um, and with the lovely D.C. traffic, it could be anywhere from an hour and 15 minutes to two to two and a half hours each way. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I don't miss that. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I could do it. I've been working from home for 30 years. So I, I watched the traffic. Uh, I watched the L.A. channel and all the traffic backed up. I'm like, oh, I just couldn't do that. Just couldn't do it. Yeah, I had to do my I did my first work travel back in uh, late February, and it had been almost two years to the day since I had set foot on a plane or a train. And um, it was nice to get out and kind of get back to the way, you know, things were. But at the same time, I did not miss flight delays and baggage getting left behind and and all that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm appreciating the flexibility. Yeah. Hey, uh, um I'm just wondering if you could give us a quick thumbnail of sort of how you think the SIGO training and certification process stacks up and if that's had some impact on your approach to IG. Yeah, it, it did. Um, so I, um, I was very glad that I signed up for the training. Um, you know, I have to, you know, initially it was like, you know, do I, do I want to take the training? Do I not want to take the training? Um, decided to kind of dive in and, and it made, I think it made a huge difference. Um, you know, I've been doing IG for what I think is a really long time. Um, there were some aspects of the training and the exam that I felt very comfortable with that were in my wheelhouse, but there was a lot that challenged me. There was a lot of, um, you know, other interesting aspects, um, you know, around, uh, privacy, the, um, the the infonomics, that sort of thing that I did not necessarily have a huge depth of experience in. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated what I learned in the training and what I was able to apply to the exam. Um, and it did offer me some knowledge to just kind of look at things a little bit, you know, the, the day-to-day things that I do or, you know, the strategic planning that I'm doing or, you know, even internally, the training and awareness, um, it, it just added another layer of knowledge and perspective that um, I, I now incorporate into what I do. That's great. Hey, uh, you were you spoke on law firm uh, operations in our InfoGov World 2021 conference in 3D virtual reality. Everybody ran around in avatars and stuff. Uh, would you come back this year and, and uh, join a panel again for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, actually, I had a couple of conversations with uh, Patty Fitzpatrick and Richard Hogg. Um, so okay. we're, we're looking forward to getting the band back together again. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hey, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Well, thanks for being with us today, Lee, and uh, have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you out there. And hopefully we'll see you in person sometime soon. Great. Sounds good, Robert. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of IG Talk, the leading voice in the industry, which features IG leaders, news, events and best practices. Tune in next time to stay up to date on the changing world of information governance.